to the PFF NFL Daily. Today discussing Justin Fields, Ohio State quarterback, and his draft stock maybe dropping? Let's figure out why. It's all brought to you by DraftKings. The tournament is in full swing and the action hasn't disappointed. Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code PFF when you sign up to turn $1 into $100 if the college basketball team of your choosing pulls off the win. That's code PFF to turn $1 into $100 for a limited time only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in Indiana, 1-800-9-WITH-IT. All right, Sam, Justin Fields, man, he just had his pro day, ran a 4-4, but he's still souring just a little bit when it comes to maybe public perception, a guy that coming into the season, it was going to be him, and it was going to be Trevor Lawrence, and, and Lawrence was number one, but there was at least a debate that Justin Fields could still be the first quarterback off the board. Now, is he third? Is he fourth? Is he even fifth off the board? Why is Justin Fields, uh, quote-unquote, dropping right now in public perception? I don't know. <laughs> I don't get it. And you're right. That Look, we Tre- Trevor Lawrence has been the presumptive number one overall pick throughout his entire college career. But if you were a year ago when you were sort of saying that, that, hey, it's tank for Trevor, that Trevor Lawrence is going to be the number one guy, there was a bunch of people, a very sizable minority that were saying, hey, it might be Justin Fields. Like, don't don't be too quick to lock it all up for Trevor Lawrence at number one overall. Justin Fields is right there. He could be the next guy. Obviously, this was before COVID and the season getting messed up the way it was and, and it changed complexions a little bit. But Fields hasn't done an awful lot since that point to remove or to completely change that picture. And yet, for some reason, generally, he's fallen completely out of that conversation. And it's now seen as Trevor Lawrence is locked in at number one. Zach Wilson is locked in at number two. And now we're looking for, well, Kyle Shanahan and the 49ers just traded up for three, but they might want Mac Jones or they might want Trey Lance. And nobody's even talking about them wanting Justin Fields. And I I don't understand what's happened. I have a weird theory that doesn't completely make sense, but might actually define what's happening here, right? If, if you look at Justin Fields and his skill set, again, there was a point where you compared him and Trevor Lawrence and you say, okay, Justin Fields has superstar skills, at least arm talent and, uh, you know, mobility, could be, you know, QB runner, the whole deal. But Trevor Lawrence is better, more transcendent. So little knock there, right? He's second place to Trevor Lawrence. But then you look at Fields' skill set. He's pretty accurate. Yeah, he came out of a system that gave him a lot of time. But when he threw when he threw the ball, he threw a really nice ball, but he was accurate. But is Mac Jones more accurate right now? Right. And. Justin Fields, he's really athletic. He could be a part of the QB run game. But do, do the teams look at Trey Lance as more athletic? Or uh, Justin Fields could play outside of structure and, and make plays on, you know, on the run. But Zach Wilson's better at that. You know, is Justin Fields just not the best at anything in particular? He's really good at everything. But because he's not the best at something in particular, is that part of the reason why maybe he's losing a little luster? I mean, maybe, but the way you just described it, like if he's the second best at everything in this draft class, that almost sounds like the best composite player available to me, which is something to be targeting, not something to be shying away from. Um, look, I, I mean, he did have some bad in his season this year. Like the Northwestern game is the one that everyone's going to point at and say, well, that was concerning. Like numbers bad. PFF grade wasn't quite as catastrophic as the numbers, but it was bad. Um, but honestly, I think he more than offset that by what he did in the 
playoff game against Clemson. I mean, he was insane in that game with busted up ribs. That, I think, should completely wash out anything you want to take away from the Northwestern game. And it's not like he was bad in the, the national title game against Alabama either. I, I, I mean, I don't quite understand why we're getting so concerned over his flaws versus the potential negative of a Mac Jones or a Trey Lance. Um, particularly, I, what I think it is, is, you know, when I first put on his tape, very quickly you came to this conclusion of, like, this offense is going to screw people up when they're doing their evaluation because it doesn't often ask him to do much in terms of, you know, the, the thing that's being thrown at him at the moment is he's slow to work through his reads and his progression and doesn't go from one to two, three. And it's, it's seen as a negative that he has inherently, but I think most of it is that offense, that he just doesn't have to. Like, most of that offense, it's very well schemed up. Receivers are running riot, and all he has to do is drop back, take a beat, wait for the guy to be open, and hit him with the pass. And he does that at an exceptionally high level, like basically as well as anybody in this draft class. All you have to do is then project, well, okay, can he do the other stuff? And if he can then I, you can't hold that too much against him, particularly when you're comparing him to Trey Lance or to, to Mac Jones, who each have their own concerns. Yeah, I agree with you on Justin Fields. I mean, and the data backs it up. We're talking about a guy with back-to-back seasons above 90 in PFF grading and 93.5 last year, even with that Northwestern game, as you mentioned in there, an Indiana game where some of the decision-making was poor. But number two in 2020 and adjusted completion, uh, adjusted completion percentage, the biggest concern, to your point, though, was working slowly through his reads. And it's not, oh, he's a one-read guy. It's it's just he takes too many sacks, and that generally stays uh, pretty consistent from year to year and from college to the NFL. 25% of his pressure dropbacks became sacks. That's ninth highest among all quarterbacks in, the, in college football last year. And he had one of the highest average times to throw. Again, a number that's dependent on the quarterback, not offensive line quality or anything like that that is uh, just taking too long in general so the question is can Justin Fields work quicker can he go quicker through his progressions which is often a scheme thing right it's it's often being trained up to hit this guy hit one hit two hit three and just go a little bit quicker but the raw material is there velocity is there accuracy there plus the athleticism on top of it and what I think goes a long way to offsetting some of the negative that you just articulated is he has a career uh, turnover-worthy play rate of 2.2% in college. That's a really small number. And, you know, there, this, is, this sort of puts him on the Aaron Rodgers spectrum or the, even the Russell Wilson spectrum where, okay, you take too long with the ball. You hold on to it longer than we're li- we like. You're going to take more sacks than you should. If you're going to do that, you need to be careful as hell with the ball because if you do both those things, if you take too long and you're a turnover machine – now we've got some real problems that dig the offense into a major hole. If you only do one of them, and honestly, if you only do the, the sack one, if you're, a turnover, if you're a turnover machine, you're Jameis Winston, that's no good either. So, look, if you're going to take too long with the ball, if you at least don't put it in harm's way very often, that is something we can work with, particularly if you're making big plays on the other end, and he does. Like, he makes a ton of big-time throws, so... Yeah, it's it's a negative. I'm not going to claim that it's not a problem. It's not a, a thing to talk about. But there are things on the plus column as well. Like, he has a stack of positives. So why are we only focus on the stuff that he doesn't do well? 
I have to add two more names for that comparison, though, because you mentioned Russell Wilson and Aaron Rodgers, the guys who take a lot of sacks, don't turn it over. The other two guys that come to mind that are like that, though, Ryan Tannehill, who I mentioned yep. on the PFF NFL podcast, and then your your guy, Tyrod Taylor. So okay. there are levels here sure. of superstar Russell Wilson and Aaron Rodgers. Ryan Tannehill, who, who has become a very good starter and at worst has been an average starter in his career. And Tyrod Taylor, who's shown flashes, but has always limited offenses because he's taken too many sacks. So there are different guys on this range that maybe Fields compares favorably to. There are, but three out of those four are like very good starters in the NFL. And the fourth one was viable and pretty, you know, decent for a couple of years. Can you think of anybody on that spectrum who isn't good? Like who just flat. I mean, I'm sure there are stylistically players that fit that bill that I can't, none jump to mind right now, but that just aren't, aren't anywhere near as good as those guys, like players that just fail in that, on that sort of that end of things. I mean, Alex Smith is another name, just not that he's bad, but another name to throw in there probably took a few too many sacks. I mean, Cody Kessler is probably the worst that that comes to mind, but he had no, but he had zero tools, right? You know, he didn't have velocity. He didn't have the ability to get the ball down the field to even offset his ability, uh, you know, short area accuracy with, with anything as far as big playability went. Um, look, I think Fields is good. He's going to be fine. He just ran 4-4 for whatever it's worth. It shows up on the field. I think a smart team is going to get the most out of Justin Fields. I think that's who the Niners want. There's a lot of smoke around Mac Jones. I think the Niners want Justin Fields. When they look at Justin Fields, Trey Lance, and Mac Jones, they're going to come away saying, Justin Fields gives us a chance to hit a grand slam. We're not trying to hit a single with the third overall pick. We're not going for. We're not trying to go for two and hit a double, Sam, in your baseball analogies trying to hit a home run or a grand slam, and that's Justin Fields at three. Is it, that has one. to be the answer. I have one. Jacoby Brissett. Jacoby Brissett takes too many sacks, doesn't put the ball in harm's way a ton. He's not good enough to start. So that's – there are – as you say, there are levels to that, right? It's just a stylistic yeah. descriptor of what he is as a quarterback, but I think he is good at things that offset that. And honestly – like we've named a lot of players, and most of these guys are not terrible. Like it's it's not a right. bad place to be necessarily. I think you know Fields for a toolsy guy, and you usually think upside. I think he's giving you a high floor based off yeah, everything that we've I just really do. talked through in about ten minutes here. And I love the way you quickly went to premium stats 2.0, manipulated things a little bit, all part of PFF Elite, and found your guy Jacoby Brissett as a comparison. Check out PFF Elite. That's what you need here during draft season. Thanks to everybody for tuning in. Let us know. What do you think of Justin Fields? Is he the third quarterback off the board? It's PFF NFL Daily. PFF NFL Daily.